Time to go to work. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sharp 600 brought to you by Covers.com. As always, I am your fearless leader, Joe Fortenball. This is episode 178 of the podcast. A little mix and match for you today. Some Friday night Sweet 16, some NCAA futures discussion, and an NBA pick for Friday night to boot. Great to have you guys back. I know some of you are very excited about this podcast for a couple reasons. First and foremost, damn, it's been a little while. And the last time we did one of these things for the opening of March Madness, cha-ching, 3-0 on our picks. Shout it out, UC Irvine, Oregon. I can't even remember what the third one was at this point. Oh, that's right. It was Yale. Yale backdooring LSU. So a nice little 3-0 run, but we got to put it in the rearview mirror because we have three NCAA picks for you coming up in just a moment. I've also got an NBA pick, like I said. We're going to visit with a friend of mine, Doug Kazarian, ESPN. He hosts the new show, Daily Wager, on ESPN News, Monday through Friday, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern. I'm hoping you're watching it because your boy, a.k.a. me, appears on it three to four times a week. It's been awesome so far, an awesome experience, great feedback. Kazarian's coming on to talk about that, talk about some NCAA, talk about some NBA, but look, I know why you're here, all right? I know why you're here. So without further ado, give me some music. Oh, yeah, that's the stuff. Right into my veins. Let's start with college hoops. These are all Friday night selections. Pick number one, give me Virginia Tech plus seven against Duke. Zion Williamson and the Blue Devils, I like him. Don't get me wrong. Zion is awesome. Bottom line, Duke is one of the most universally hated teams on the planet, yet everyone loves this kid. That's how transcendent and transformative he is. But they are suffering what I like to call from the Tiger Woods effect. Six, seven years ago when Woods wasn't winning anything, he was still going off as like a 12-to-1 or 15-to-1 favorite for a lot of these golf majors. That's because bookmakers knew the money was coming in on Tiger. He was probably more in the neighborhood of like a 30-to-1 or a 35-to-1 shot, but they sent him off at 12 or 15-to-1 because they take so much action on Woods from the betting public that in some fluky scenario where he would win, it would cause massive liability for these sports books. Same thing happening here with Duke. Everybody loves betting Zion. It's bumping the number up. Case in point, have you noticed that since Zion has returned from his knee injury, I think Duke's like one in four against the spread. Take the Hokies, take the points. They've been on the big stage before. I like him to keep this one close. Game number two, LSU, plus six and a half against Michigan State. I've been all over LSU. I'm either on them or against them, and I've had some decent success in this tournament. Here I'm going to take them. Entering the madness, the pressure was on for the Tigers. They went 26-5 and during the regular season, but they went to the SEC tournament, and they were a one-and-done. They got beat by Florida by three. Lost their head coach, FBI wiretap scandal, this whole thing. But they ended the tournament with a ton of pressure, and they squeaked by Yale, and then they won the second game as well against Maryland. This situation, no pressure. You got through the opening weekend. You're catching a bunch of points. You're going up against Michigan State. I'll take the six and a half. I like a pressure-free LSU squad in weekend two. And then finally, North Carolina laying five and a half against Auburn. Personally, I think UNC is the best squad in the tournament. I had them winning the tournament before the whole thing started. I still like them. I'm laying the points here against Auburn. They have hung, North Carolina that is, 
They've hung 73 or more points in 14 of their last 15 games. They've covered the spread in 17 of their last 24 games. They score. They rank sixth in adjusted tempo. The Tigers rank 157th in adjusted tempo. If Auburn can't slow it down, they're going to get going to get into a track meet, and that's not where they want to be for this matchup. Lay the five and a half with North Carolina. So to recap your three college picks, Virginia Tech plus seven over Duke. LSU plus six and a half over Michigan State. North Carolina minus five and a half over Auburn. To the association we go. Play the under 218 and a half total points, Oklahoma City and Denver. Have you noticed something about Denver? The under has cashed in 15 of their last 17 games. Oklahoma City ranks fourth in defensive efficiency and has seen the overhit in just five of their last 17 games. In addition, these two have gotten together three times this year. The under has cashed each and every time. Now, some of you may be saying, but wait a minute, Denver's on the second half of a back-to-back. They just played Houston last night. Weak legs, late in the game, could lead to poor defense and more points. Great question. The reality is, Denver's been in this scenario 10 times this year. They've been in the second half of a back-to-back 10 times this year. The under is 7-3, and three, and they're giving up an average of just 103 points per game during that stretch. So, under in the association, OKC Denver, 218.5. And those are your four picks for Friday night. It says here we should work in teams. Who wants to be my spotter? ESPN's Doug Kazarian in just a moment. But first, a message from my friends at PropSwap. When it comes to finding value, price shopping, as many of you know, is key. Whether you're buying a car or making a sports bet, you always want to make sure you're getting the best number. And at PropSwap, you'll find the best numbers on futures. PropSwap is a marketplace where people buy and sell active sports bets. Last year... Thousands of tickets were sold at odds better than any sportsbook, including one customer, Larry, who bought a Warriors to win the championship ticket at 2-1 to one odds. Now, because you're buying the bet from another person, sellers are able to offer you their bet at odds that a sportsbook would never offer. So start getting the best number by going to PropSwap.com slash covers. That's PropSwap.com. Slash covers. Gonna be up 500 by midnight. Yeah, <laughs> Very excited to welcome this guy back to the program. He is the host of Daily Wager on ESPN News, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday. You can follow him on Twitter at Doug ESPN. It's Doug Kazarian joining us here on the Sharp 600. Buddy, it's great to have you on the show. Thank you for your time. I will say you are even more handsome in person than you are on TV. I enjoyed meeting you last Monday. Well, likewise. But, you know, the key is, key is Joe, as you very well know, is wearing makeup. You yes. Know, even in person. You know, that, that's the secret to it all, right? HD can be, can be, can be very cruel. So it was nice uh, we have that luxury. So I was um, – I'm at ESPN. I'm doing my, my orientation, which ESPN calls Rookie Camp. And I'm sitting in the show meeting with you. And then later in the day when I'm in the cafeteria, I see you walking by outside because you had just done a sports center hit. So clearly you have the makeup on for that. Then you have the makeup on for the rest of the day. Does it ever feel odd? Does anyone there ever comment on the fact that you're just walking around for seven hours with makeup on? Or is it just so accepted there, people just get it? Yeah, it's very commonplace. As you know, when you were on campus, you saw everyone. I mean, the commercials are very... um, kind of realistic except for like a mascot in the elevator or the mascot in the cafeteria it's really it's really kind of authentic those commercials so 
I mean, look, you're also walking around with like an earpiece for the TV and like a suit. <laughs> and, I mean, no one wears a suit unless you're on air. So there's a bunch of us running around, as you very well know, and wearing makeup. I'm just desensitized to it, right? Like I, like we had a, I had a dinner. I, I met up with some people the other night. I, I got to the restaurant, and then when I was driving there, I realized I still had makeup on from the show, so I just washed it off. <laughs> I've actually right. had that problem, too. Like I go to bed with it on, and you wake up in the middle of the night. You're like, oh, what is this? I have makeup all over my pillow. Like now I yeah. know what my wife has gone through for years. <laughs> well, uh, to a certain extent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, Daily Wager is about three weeks old. Uh, for those who haven't checked us out yet, you, tell me about it. What's it been like hosting ESPN's first sports betting show? Three weeks in, what are you thinking? Um, it's everything that I had hoped it would be and then some. It is just so fun. And I think, look, I've been at ESPN seven years, so you sometimes de- get desensitized. And it's always been a thrill, and I've been very happy at ESPN. That's why I've been here forever and want to be here forever. But sometimes, like, just the grind of certain shifts can weigh, especially when it's, like, Christmas or New Year's and it's midnight graveyard shift doing halftime updates of, like, a 1 a.m. tip in the West Coast of some, you know, basketball game in a small conference. There's days where you're like, man, I'd love to just chill, you know. But I think every day at work, I mean, you're talking just games, and it's X's and O's, and it's gambling, and it's just, kind of what we all kind of gotten into the business for actually excuse me what we got all into sports about the actual game who's going to win tonight so there's a lot of just like water cooler talk with obviously the point spread being the beacon leading us through it but sometimes people just there's a lot of people watching who aren't necessarily betters but we're like breaking down the games especially this time of year with the tournament people want to know gosh who's you know is Virginia Tech going to beat Duke? And they're not even, like, betting on it, but we are talking it about it through that lens tonight. So I just think it's a, it's just exactly why I fell in love with sports, and I get to do it at ESPN. Friends and family obviously love the performance, but how is it being received around, like, ESPN's campus and amongst, like, the circles you run in? Because a lot of people, they understand that sports betting exists, but – now that it's so much more in the mainstream, you start to realize that, like, you and I have been immersed in this for so long, we sometimes don't realize that it's a totally different language. Some people don't even know what we're saying when we're talking about money lines and run lines and over-unders and all that stuff. Um, at, at campus, are a lot of people talking to you about it? Like, how is it coming up in conversation? How is it being received is essentially what I'm getting at. Well, we've been doing sports betting coverage for a while now, right? So, yeah, we haven't had a show. This is just sort of the next step, but I've been doing hits on SportsCenter for a couple of years now, and I've been, for a long time been doing picks, and we have, we have an ESPN.com chalk section that obviously you contribute for. So I don't think anyone – it wasn't as much of a shock to the system as maybe as you would expect initially. I, I think people, there was like apprehension, and I was on a panel recently, and I, I kind of just reminded folks that there's an information gathering stage right now that the leagues are going through, right? The NFL, NBA, I mean, we've heard some ridiculous comments, whether it be Al Leiter in front of uh, politicians or some other situations where we've just seen stuff like said that just doesn't make any sense. But I think everyone, you know, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. It's just they're scared, right? They're scared of on one end of the spectrum, a Donaghy scandal on the other end, like what it does to their product. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think when you're dealing with multiple billions of dollars, in terms of what these leagues and the, the total total representation of money that it, it is, is that let them do their due diligence. 
And I think networks were like, what's the show going to look like? What do you mean? Are you? And then you see, you know, other programming that maybe is very different than ours. So I think people were just kind of open-minded, but it wasn't that big of a shock to the system. Everyone I've talked to within our ESPN walls really likes it and they watch it. One of the segments on the show is known as Best Bets. It's generally around the middle of the program. You and I, on Thursday's show, both had the same best bet. We took the under in the Denver-Houston game. We ended up cashing without much of a sweat. That leads me into tonight. Denver's on the second half of a back-to-back. They're playing Oklahoma City. You've got a total sitting around 218.5. Do you like the under here? Are you thinking about that? Yes, I'm absolutely thinking of that. So we ran the graphic on the show. There's two graphics as to why I was on the Rockets yesterday under. One is Houston, since the All-Star break, each of the past two seasons, so each of the past two second halves, so one second half, which was last year, and then almost an entire second half this year, has just been a ridiculous run to the under. I believe it's 35-11. and 11. So it makes sense, though. This is not just like a random trend, right? I think it's this team is all shooting – all pace and like I think they're just kind of like tired in the second half of the season and um, some guys are sitting out a lot like Chris Paul I just think there's there's kind of like a rationale behind it so I'm automatically looking to Rockets unders but then on top of that the top three in the West so Rockets Warriors and Nuggets all have been insane under teams since the all-star break which kind of fits the same sort of rationale I think it's even more I think it's like 44 and nine or something insane. When and the Warriors have gone what 12 of 13? They went back to back overs, but it's 11 of their last 13 have been unders. It was 11 straight. Right, so 11 of 13. Excuse me. Yeah. So I think there's something to be said, and, and the Warriors is obviously similar, right? They have so many guys have rested. They've had one of those guys rest a lot in the last few weeks, and obviously the market adjusts, and certainly the market adjusted for that Memphis game because it it went under the opening line went over the closing line. So I understand there's some market move as well, but I think it makes sense. These teams are tired at the end of the season. Uh, maybe their legs and their jump shots are going down. I've got to see some shooting percentages before I com- commit to that entirely. But I think there's a reason for some of these unders, and, and I'm going to stick with it. Yeah, Denver, 15 of their last 17 have gone under, and I think you're dead on when you talk individually about Houston, Golden State, and Denver, teams like that. But I also think there's something league-wide going on. I have to test this, but the three-point revolution and all the scoring we've seen, I, I mean, I remember back in the day where a total of like 215, and I'm talking just a few years ago, was considered insane. And now we have games that feature Giannis in the Bucks that go off at 234, 236, like these crazy totals that have gotten so high that now you'll see totals out there at 216, 217, and that seems low. Like the Houston game last night, it seemed low. That's still a ton of points. One bad quarter by two teams that totals 40 points, and you're way off that pace. So I think league-wide, we have, we have come to assume that there's going to be so much scoring, and we've gotten so used to a fast pace and high totals that the teams are throttling back and the adjustments aren't occurring. And as a result, you're finding some good value out there overall across the board. Correct. And what I like to do, and this is a little bit of destructive, but I mentioned this on air yesterday when discussing the Texas Tech-Michigan over-under. is like when you have a favorable matchup with you think is really good for an under, I like to bet, like in this case in the NBA, the first quarter or in the college first half under, because you can sort of segment and isolate the random run anomaly. So 
in an NBA game, like let's say I, I, we like the Rockets game under, I'm not opposed, and this is a little bit of destructive in Martindale, but like you go under first quarter, and if it doesn't hit, go under second quarter. And if it doesn't hit, go under third quarter over the top. And do more. <laughs> I love if it. You, if you believe in your analysis, a, a hot stretch will only throw off one small area, whereas instead of like a game run, uh, won't be will be jeopardized. That makes sense. Like it like, does. So it, like it, like so. If you just did the game bet, a hot stretch or a hot quarter can screw up the whole bet. But if you just did it, if you believe in the analysis, like they're not going to go over four quarters. Like it's it's harder to hit all four quarters. I like that. Look at you coming on here with all types of analysis. What do you call that, Martindale? Well, I think it's like an old blackjack thing. Oh yeah. Like, Keep doubling up your bet until you win. Right. It's but, the degenerate theory that you keep doubling, but, like, eventually it doesn't account for the fact that the average schmuck like myself is going to go broke after about five bets. Well, it's also <laughs> just, like, not true. Like, they're independent, right? Right. Like, especially, like, with the roulette wheel, right? People who, you know, think you can just sort of double up on and keep doubling up until red hits when it's all black. Like, those spins are completely, like, independent of one another, whereas this analysis, if you – if you really believe in it, then you're handicapping it appropriately, and then you're protecting yourself in, in a in a twisted way. Now, maybe that's because someone I had the Bucks yesterday, and they went under first half and went over second half and over for the game because of that ridiculous second half. But I, I guess I guess it's just one way to think about. It. Like I always do it in game seven. I think game sevens lead to measured possessions and lots more focus on defense. I mean, we've seen some ridiculously low scoring game sevens. So I just don't think all four quarters are going to go under or going to go over in a game seven. It's just like I, I got to look back if it's ever happened. College hoops. How do you feel about Duke? People came into the tournament really excited. I mean, I, I think what stands out for me, and I've mentioned this for the last couple of weeks, Duke is one of those universally hated teams, right? Like Notre Dame, the Yankees, they're just hated. But everybody loves Zion Williamson. Like that's how transcendent this kid is. And I think there's a bit of an overvaluation taking place as a result, they're not covering a lot of spreads since he's come back from that knee injury. Do you have any lean on the game with them taking on Texas or uh, Virginia Tech, I should say? You know, it's weird. I I, I've, I used to be, like probably many of us, a favorite, that betting favorites a lot. And over time, I, I guess like I'm just always, I'm always scared to bet a dog that loses just gets blasted. I, 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 I It's more like the feeling I want to avoid than I do the favorite that never is never is going to cover like Virginia yesterday. Right. Um, so I, I'm always like gun shy betting against teams like Duke and Carolina because they have, they, if they play to their abilities, they can blow teams out. And with that being said, like Duke doesn't have the horses. They're, they're really, they're probably not the best team in, in, in the tournament. And you have a Virginia tech team that shoots the three, I think the best percentage of any major conference school. And I think they force teams to shoot the three a lot. And they're just going to pack it in against Duke. And if Duke gets hot like they did in their two regular season meetings against Virginia, then so be it. But I think you have to look at the underdog in that matchup right away, especially when they have a guy like Blackshear who can play the taco fall role that UCF did a week ago and make guys like Jones hit threes. I find myself liking a lot of dogs tonight. Uh, Virginia Tech's one of them. LSU's one of them. And then there's North Carolina laying five, five and a half. And North Carolina has just been awesome. They're just a scoring machine. 73 or more points in like 15 of 16 or 16 of 17, something like that. They're just so prolific on that side of the court. They move at such a fast pace. Those are the points I'd be willing to lay. Where do you land on North Carolina? Do you think they're the best team left? How do you, how do you see them? 
I think they are. I'm just nervous. I think Roy Williams makes a lot of – he, like, frustrates me um, in certain situations. So, I actually think it's Gonzaga or UNC is the best team. The Zags, at their best, are really good. And I think North Carolina – like, we're forgetting how – not lucky, but how how Duke, how Duke great Duke played in that game in the ACC semis. And if Carolina wins that game, and we're, we're, we're looking at – I mean, it's like one point, right? Like, what if they hit the buzzer beater? then everything is sort of our perception on everything is different. So, yeah, I don't think I would grab the points with Auburn, but I would definitely learn, lean to the other three dogs. I think Kentucky's in some real trouble. I, I thought I thought they got real fortunate to get past Wofford, and if P.J. Washington's not at full strength, I, I like Houston a lot in that game. I'm with you there as well. Catch him Monday through Friday, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern. The show's called Daily Wager. It's on ESPN News. It's awesome. I'm saying that because I'm totally biased. I'm lucky to be on it, but it is an awesome show. Doug Kazarian with us here on the Sharp 600. Buddy, I know you're busy. Thank you for your time. I'll see you on the air later today. Yeah, exactly. Thanks, man. I really, really appreciate it, and we'll, uh, we'll talk to you later tonight. How about that ride in? I guess that's why they call it Sin City. <laughs> yeah, my man, Doug Kazarian from ESPN's Daily Wager. Check him out. Check me out. Check us all out on the show, man. It's awesome. 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern, leading you right into the games Monday through Friday. As always, the Sharp 600 is brought to you by DraftKings. Covers is very excited to partner with the good people from DraftKings who are offering a free bet up to $500 when you make your first wager. All you have to do is go to DraftKings.com slash 500-free-bet. That's DraftKings.com slash 500-free-bet. You can take advantage of the offer, act quickly, this promotion won't be around for long. Eligibility and restrictions apply. See website for details. Shout out DraftKings. Shout out PropSwap. Shout out Covers. Shout out Kazarian, ESPN, you guys. Shout out everybody. Let's cash these four tickets tonight. Duke, going down. We're not playing them. Virginia Tech is what I meant to say. LSU, playing them. The under in the Denver OKC game. What the hell is the other college game I liked? I know it's here somewhere. North Carolina. Lay the points, baby. That's that. Episode 178. It's in the can. Have a great weekend. Love you guys. Be well. Best of luck.